0: Welcome to This Game Where, with me, Ashley, and Christopher over there. What's up, Ashley? How are you? Sup. No, we're not that. We don't do that. That's not us. Is it? Maybe it's you. I'm trying to engage the American audience. Is that that what the Americans say? Most of them. Probably.
1: All right. I'm not sure it is, but never mind. If Budweiser adverts from the late 90s or anything go by.
0: Yeah. Do you remember them? Little frogs? Uh, I do remember them. People are age. There's almost like a, an inevitability when people re- say them that you end up making the noise. and I'm not going to be the one.
1: No, I'm, I'm really fighting the urge to do it.
0: Yeah, that
1: shared nostalgia, isn't it? It's just so easy, though, isn't it? It's just low-hanging mm. fruit. <clears throat> we don't go for low-hanging fruit. No, not at all. Not on this. This is far too high for looting.
0: Today's game might
1: be low-hanging fruit. Do, do you want to go straight into the game then? Are we launching start? We're not doing any preamble.
0: Why? What have you got to say? You got something to tell me? <sighs> not really. Well, then, <laughs> have you? why are you causing the fuss? I don't. I don't understand you. <sighs> Yeah, I'm going to tell you what the game this week is. Great. This week's game is this... Oh, I should probably get it up, actually. There we go. um, And the game. I was going to make my own version of that joke, so thank you very much. Lovely bit of business. Today's game is this game where you take part in illegal street races on a motorbike against 14 opponents who will do whatever it takes to win. Road Rash. Oh, yeah. Road Rash on the Mega Drive. Because the Mega Drive Never was so it. cool. Never played it. No. No. i
1: just uh, aware of it. Very popular as, game. A, as a thing. Hmm. The, well, the, ad, the adverts always scared me back in the early 90s. How so? Why? They were full of, like punks and street toughs and leather and whips and chains and gangs. And it, it was all too much for me.
0: I actually watched a few of the adverts for this episode. Like to just prepare myself. Get myself in the mood. And they were a little bit odd. A little bit off little bit strange they didn't really correlate with what the game actually is so yeah i can sort of reveal for you i can
1: distinctly remember in so i used to get i don't think i mentioned it on the podcast before i used to get sonic the comic which was uh as the name would imply a comic all about the adventures of sonic their child there you go and it was aimed at children my age so like seven to ten year olds really it essentially was just a series of adverts for mega drive games so there was a, a series of comics based on decap attack for example which was a game on the mega drive i never played and essentially the comic was just here decap attack go buy it and i can very clearly remember an advert i think it was about a half page maybe in a full page advert for road rash where it was like a shot of a street huff from behind with like sort of you, know, you can see their their leather clad posterior and they were holding a chain and there was like a neony orangey sunset in front of them to sort of illuminate the outline and hold this chain and I, I was quite frightened
0: that advert will have been for Road Rash 2 and there's a very specific right, okay. and actually we're going to be talking about Road Rash 2 as opposed to the, the original today oh, Okay, so we're talking about Road Rash 2 the reason I know that advert is for Road Rash 2 is because the first game didn't have chains in the chains oh. actually came in for Road for the, for the sequel Road Rash 2 so unless unless of course this is one of those Mandela effect things where that didn't actually happen and I've sort of made that up oh yeah that's possible but it's also probable that that was an actual advert from from that comic oddly though The game isn't really age-appropriate for a Sonic the Comic comic, or a Sonic comic.
1: Yeah, that's what I mean. It was very... It felt jarring at the time. As a seven, eight-year-old, I felt, I'm not comfortable with this.
0: Were they selling cigarettes in the adverts for Sonic Comic as well? Uh, Not that I can remember. I remember one... Oh, no, that
1: was a different magazine. I remember one magazine came with a free packet of Flaming Hot Monster Munch, and that was great, but uh, definitely no
0: cigarettes. I know you like the memory of those free Monster Munch, because you talked to me about it on a (laughs) semi-regular basis. (laughs) i I've so, before. Oh, <laughs> once a month, I think it is. So,
1: <laughs> Even if it doesn't fit the episode. So this week's game, it's this game where you're playing uh, the PC Manson theme hospital. Hey, Ashley, it's only about the time I got <laughs> yeah, a a yeah. Months.
0: The last time you mentioned them, we were talking about the potential end of the world, and you were like, mm. <laughs> It'll never be as good as a free pack of Monster Munch on the front of a Sonic the comic, is it? They were good days, they were. Yeah, better than the end of the world. Yeah,
1: most things are. So, Rave Rush 2. Why are we talking about Road Rush 2 as opposed to Road Rush 1?
0: Well, as you can probably guess. Presumably
1: because you didn't play Road Rush 1.
0: Yep, there you go. You got it yep. in one. Okay. Road Rush 2 was actually my cousin's game and they had a Mega Drive. I didn't have a Mega Drive, as I think I've told you, until I was probably about 12. And I bought my Mega Drive for 20 pence. This is something that I have yeah, that, told you. I know that I've told you. That's the story
1: that's been trotted out before. Yeah.
0: It didn't come with Road Rush 2, though. So we're still going to we're still gonna wait on how that actually came about. I'm not going to tell you until we're talking about a game that came with Road Rush 2 was my cousin's game, and I'd play it whenever I was there. I used to really enjoy it, and it was one of those games that made it painfully aware, the difference between the Super Nintendo and the Mega Drive, sort of the core audience that it was going for, and the image that they were trying to cultivate. Because Road Rush 2 is, for its time, quite a violent game, or quite a violent Mm. concept. On the back of the box, the blurb starts off with the phrase, it's time to speed and bleed, Mm. which, yeah, is pretty... I think that's pretty hardcore. Like, it, it kind of sounds dark, really dark. It's very graphic. Yeah. Needlessly
1: graphic. Ah,
0: yeah, I that's what I thought. The game isn't quite so graphic. Bad things happen, but it's almost... There's no blood in it or anything like that. It's not gone the Mortal Kombat route to try and sort of glorify mm. everything. false advertising. hmm Maybe, but for the better, I think. I think that if this was actually if this actually lived up to what it seemed to want to represent itself as, I wouldn't have enjoyed it so much because I did actually quite enjoy this game at the time.
1: My understanding of the game, then, just to check up uh, that we're seeing from the same hymn sheet, it's where you do you play a, a character on roller skates and you have to hitch onto the back of cars and then no, I think of a different game completely, aren't I? And that's called hitching, <laughs> actually. <laughs> yeah, that that's, I mean, I want to know what this game
0: is. What's that game? I. That's hitching. Hitching. That's what. I, I, as I said, the verb you hitch ride that i remember i've been talking hitching. to you about road rush 2 for about five minutes now and for that whole time you thought that it was about a rollerblader that hitched onto the back of cars
1: no i'm conflating the two games together because i never played road Rush 2 as i said so i don't know what it was then you need to know what it is before we move on don't you really
0: rather than me guessing what it is why don't you explain what that's, it
1: is that's what i was gonna do <laughs> It's, good, so, it's a good idea, isn't it?
0: Road rush uh, And actually, I did say to you at the beginning, uh, is this game where you take part in illegal street races on a motorbike against 14 opponents who will all do whatever it takes to win? Even as she said that,
1: and I guessed Road Rush in my head, I thought you get a lift on the back of the car, which clearly was not what Nonsense. you said. So No.
0: No, it shows how much you listen. The game is about motorcycle racers. They are racing illegally in the streets of America. One of the key mechanics of the game, though, is that you can attack the other racers. You mentioned that advert with the chain. Mm-hmm. You can actually kick and you can punch other motorcyclists and their bikes to try and knock them off. And some of them wield weapons, one of which is a chain, one of which is a billy club, sort of like a police baton type thing. Oh, the little cosh thing yeah and you can if you time your attack against them correctly you can actually steal their weapons off them and use them against them that sounds pretty good yeah it is pretty good i feel like this game might have been put out before esrb ratings became a thing do you know what the timing was on on that sort of on that because i can't remember I i did know at one point i would say about 93 94 yeah so this came out in 92 right okay so the first game was set in la i think or California, maybe more broadly. The second game okay. broadened out across America. There were five levels. One was Hawaii, another Arizona, another Tennessee, Alaska, and then Vermont. So quite a
1: range. I was going to say quite iconic backgrounds and, and backdrops, but then Vermont, I have no idea what Vermont
0: looks uh, Vermont like. Vermont is the northern area of, I think, the northeast, isn't it, of the US? So I've got absolutely no idea. I think, I. so I probably should check this, So I don't offend anybody. I think it's sort of around New England sort of area. And that means, you know, sort of the quintessential autumnal scene that you might see of, a, of yeah. a lake with the red and yellow and orange blazing forests or something like that
1: why are you looking into that then what's the plot of the game why are you competing just to be the best of the best
0: yeah that's uh really it yeah
1: i am correct vermont is up there ah, well I've done some good north american geography we had a conversation a few weeks ago about north american states didn't we i said about how there was someone i went to school with who could name all 50 states and capitals and i thought it was amazing and we both had a go at it and i mean it just shows it illustrates how we make time fly and you could Barely know about twenty, could you?
0: Bullshit! I was all right. I did okay. Mm. Scraped twenty. Mm, I think that you are rewriting history. I think that's what you're doing <laughs> again. Well, yeah. Anyway, Vermont is up there in that in that sort of lovely area of the
1: continent. Incontinent. Is this near Boston then? No. Around there. Boston, New England. Boston, Massachusetts. Oh, yeah. That's what I meant. Is it around there? L- Shall we move away from the American geography? Yeah. I was going to tell a, a story about the time we went to Boston. Okay. Pocket it. Okay. We went on holiday there when I was about 14 and we went to a market and we all had hot dogs. That's me, my brother, and my parents. And we asked for ketchup and the guy refused to accept that it was called ketchup. He kept saying, do you mean catsup? My mum was like, yeah, ketchup. And he said, do you mean catsup? My mum got really cross with him because he
0: wouldn't accept that it was ketchup and he kept calling it catsup right okay so the first game was released in 1991 the second game with catsup gone I'll, I'll stop that the first game was released in 1991 uh september 1991 in north america uh later on in the year sort of i think december in the in europe uh the second game was released december ish i think 1992 so late December 92, they were given actually a year from the Christmas of 91 to, to the Christmas period of 92 to create and release the game, presumably because the game had done pretty well and EA wanted to get something out ready for the following Christmas uh, period. Just to clarify there, you said they, and then you mentioned EA, is this presumably developed by EA or published by EA? Yeah. I mean, yeah, of course it was. Why would <laughs> okay. I have said, <laughs> I was I was trying to think of something sarcastic to say, like, no, EA, EA just rang up bulldog and told bulldog that they had to have it ready for christmas and uh bulldog were like who the hey, hell hey, are you
1: hey 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 don't be so full of rage i'm just clarifying for any listeners that might have been a bit confused don't take it out on me
0: well i think you're underestimating our listeners and they probably overestimate you definitely that might that sounds like something that i'm going to be sad that i've said <laughs> another thing chalk it up yeah so you also have a health bar in this game or a stamina bar I think it is and your stamina bar gets depleted by the things that you do I think so like punching and kicking doesn't come free and if you get punched and kicked you lose stamina or health or whatever you want to call it you can smash up your bike so you can actually crash into things there are cars on the road because it's an illegal street race okay as well as cars there are also animals on the road so cows and deers that you can crash into if you crash into them at high speed you go flying off your bike into into the middle distance That's counts for other races as well so they can crash into things if you kick them or punch them and their stamina bars are depleted they will fall off their bike and I don't think they get back on them so that's one way to get rid of your opponents I don't know if I'm misremembering this or whether I've got the third game I think it might be in the third game but I'm going to say it anyway I think at some point in this game or possibly in this franchise there were also monkeys that hang down from trees And you can ride into them and be decoupled from your bike as
1: well. De-biked. I don't think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think monkeys tend to hang out in Hawaii, Tallahassee, Vermont, or the other two states you mentioned.
0: I don't know. Tallahassee? I don't think it was Tallahassee. Tallahassee's not a state.
1: (laughs) Um, Tennessee. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Oh dear! I, I'm learning from this episode that my, my grasp on American geography is is not good. Yeah,
0: what I like is that you've made a claim about my grasp of American geography, and you are quite quickly proving to everybody that it's your problem that you have then inflicted upon me. You've mir- you've mirrored. Yeah, I'm ta- exactly. I'm taking you down with me. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah,
1: you're on the deck of the burning ship. That's
0: why I'm wondering sinking ship. Jesus Christ! <laughs> That's why I'm wondering whether I've got things a little bit mixed up, maybe with the third game, because the third game I know is like a world tour type affair and you do go to Brazil and I think monkeys would be around there. So I wonder about that. When you actually get thrown off your bike, you can also then control your, your driver, your rider. So you, you, he will automatically make his way back to his bike to try and get on and get back in the race. But actually you can take control of him and you can send him in other directions. So that opens up. Or did open up for me and my cousin opportunities for playing a different game within Road Rush 2, whereby two things you can either run away from your bike as far as you can possibly get, or, which was so fun, I, I don't know. That sounds really good. Yeah, girth. I don't know what we were thinking, to be honest. Uh, the second meta game inside Road Rush 2 is to de bike your man as fast as you can, then proceed to put him in the path of oncoming traffic and just watch him roll around as he ragdolls. But
1: your point there about game within a game. I remember... Uh, Driver 2 there was one of the maps I think Driver 2 there were three or four different maps you could visit again around the world like you've said with this game and one of them had a building site or a construction site where there were half pipes and tubes because they were making this building and drive. where started on this map and I can't remember which city it was driving to that place and then just drive around there and trying to make the car do these crazy stunts that was something I found one of the m- more enjoyable parts of the game and that was something that the game wasn't designed to be you know doing tricks with your car that was the thing I, I really enjoyed doing I
0: Was Driver 2 an open world game?
1: It was open world in the sense that you had i think there were four i think rio de janeiro and a couple of other cities sandbox cities that were relatively big for the ps1 but not like you could no. you know you can explore beyond that if that makes sense so sandbox but not if that answers your question
0: yeah no it does it does the proliferation of sandbox games is because people enjoy being given free mm-hmm. reign over things and being able to do what they want with games we've been playing monster Hunter rise with hannah's young cousin Uh, the weekends over the last few weeks and he just really likes finding ways to be mobile it's almost like he's playing a spider-man game at times he's he's just sort of zipping around here there and everywhere and that's part of the fun for him so when we're playing on our own we like to go out and hunt the monsters and collect the bits and make the armors and so on which is what the game, how the game is designed. But if we're playing with Sam, then we're by and large, we're chasing him around. He likes to play hide and seek on the maps. So we, we, oh. we sort of go re- running or, or tag or whatever. So chase me catch me yeah. whatever, and things like that he plays the game totally differently to the way that it's designed to be played but i really like that i like games that embrace that in mm-hmm. particular and i think that's something that we yeah. have seen proliferate over the last 20 years for sure certainly with the introduction of of those big open sandbox worlds that we we're now very um used to but in particular with things like minecraft and terraria things that are a lot that give you tools to build and create that has just become almost the norm in a way that you get given the game as a tool and do what you like with it i I suppose what i'm really saying is to bring it back to where we were is that that urge existed in people playing games a lot earlier than than the proliferation of those sandbox sandbox games Mm -hmm. and almost those sandbox games were a response to players desires to go off the beaten track and find new ways to play yeah Uh, to come back to the game then so the game is this racing game it's actually got a shop system as well so in order to get fast it, to get better at the game you have to buy new bikes that are faster so that you can compete in the harder races uh, there is a whole shop system and a currency system you win money for winning races at the same time if you lose a race uh, sorry if you crash yourself out of a race if you crash into too many cows or deers or potentially monkeys, if they are actually in this game, as I seem to remember they are, or not, you will then have to pay repair costs. Mm. Right. Well, I actually kind of like the sound of this. I don't remember engaging with the shop system at all. I don't ever remember buying a new bike. I don't even remember sort of having money or running out of money or getting more money. I really don't remember that part of the game. What I have realized in in reading about this, in sort of boning up on, on the game, for this episode is that actually the money is like some kind of continue system so instead of lives you have this money so if you crash and you have enough money to repair your bike well then you get a continue you get to try again if you crash and you've run out of money or you your repair costs more money than you you've got then that is game over so okay that makes
1: sense yeah, it it, make it's sense. making it I say realistic but it, it's it makes it grounds it in the reality that, that the game is setting itself yeah in and that's sports. what i really
0: like about it instead of having this abstract idea this abstract concept of continues which is game speak they've actually created a, a system that allows for a continuous uh, or game over system but as you say within the reality of the of the world they're trying to create which i thought was actually cool And I've never thought about it like that before.
1: While we're talking about this world they're trying to create, you've mentioned this whole thing about getting flung off the the back of the bike and the other racers, et cetera. Is this realistic or is this cartoon or is it somewhere between Yeah, those I think two? it's
0: that. I think it's somewhere between realistic and arcade. It's certainly not a sim. It's not a sim at all. In terms of what experience we're going to have, it's an arcade experience. Uh, the release version on 3DO it used graphic, uh, it used polygons instead of sprites and um, they, they really went out of their way to try and make that look super fancy and, and realistic. Okay. It still races an arcade racer but the actual graphics they they were sort of going in that direction for the mega drive this looks i think very good i particularly like this is something we're going to talk about in the second half i imagine but they use parallaxing really well for the to to sort of create a sense of depth because you're always moving forwards away from the camera the camera's chasing the biker um and the, Mm -hmm. the use of parallax to make that feel real is really cool. I'll tell you what, we'll come back to that in the second half, because then you'll have a bit of more of a basis for talking about it. I'm guessing from that then that this is a Mega Drive exclusive, that it was not available on the SNES. No, it wasn't on the SNES. It was actually going to come out on the SNES, but it was cancelled. I don't know why it was cancelled. If anybody knows, let us know. Okay. But yeah, it was cancelled. Don't know why. It remained exclusive to the Mega Drive until Road Rush 2. Then Road Rush was released on the 3DO, presumably because it created the possibilities to do something a little bit more technologically advanced it also had its own soundtrack so like a real soundtrack with real licensed okay. music a sound garden i know were on there for sure uh among others uh so that was interesting
1: must have been one of the earliest games to have had a proper soundtrack then
0: yeah quite possibly i didn't look into it because we were talking about road Rush 2 yeah but it yeah, was but worth noting. interesting yeah
1: certainly yeah.
0: um the team was 12 strong for this game uh, three programmers, five graphics artists, and four track designers. Apparently, the graphics designers, the graphics artists took slightly different approaches, some of them. So, some of them took photographs and then painstakingly recreated those photographs for the scenery. The settings, the stages in the game, whereas others took photographs and sort of used them as inspiration, and then built things from scratch. Obviously, that wasn't something that I was aware of at the time that I was playing this, mm-hmm. so I'm quite interested to see if we can see the differences between yeah. the two approaches. So I'm quite looking forward to that. Uh, one of the dev- developers claimed that Road Rash Two was the f- so th- this is coming back to the Mega Drive of the game, the fact that they were su- super edgy. Uh, one of the de- developers claimed that Road Rash Two was the first game in which you could beat up and be beaten up by a cop all right so you can attack cops i haven't actually mentioned that so that maybe comes as a surprise the, there are police officers in this game you can be apprehended if you crash off your bike and the police come past you they will arrest you that is another way that you can lose money because you get fined and if you can't pay the fines right. you are game overed okay okay um, again
1: that sounds like they're ma- making it Quote, unquote, realistic as well with mm. that
0: yeah and it's edge it's it's sort of gta style edginess yeah. that is pretty predates gta
1: well that's an interesting point because you've described this whole obviously the, the whole point again the street racing on I mean, your motorbikes etc uh grand theft auto 4 episode one yeah was the lost and damned and that was all about bike gangs i'm sure you could have that, that the street racing was part of that and, and that you could drive past people and Bip them with a baseball bat as mm-hmm. you went past during the the motorbike races. So uh, uh, did you play episode one at all?
0: I played episode one, yeah. I would put it this way. Without trying to offend bikers, it was probably happening in the real world as opposed to they've taken inspiration from Road Rash 2. Road Rash 2 wasn't oh, a fiction. Oh, that. Oh, completely. All all I'm saying is that I've potentially played
1: a version of Road Rash through playing episode one. Oh, I see what you mean.
0: Yeah, that quite possibly is actually a good touchstone. So yeah, for more reasons than just the one. Uh, Last thing to say before we start then. Each level, so we talked about cutscenes in Pac-Man and you weren't sure about cuts whether they constituted cutscenes or not these this game also has cutscenes you may similarly be on, uh, unsure as to whether or unconvinced as to whether those cutscenes constitute cutscenes so hopefully you will get to finish a race and you can tell us whether this has cutscenes or not the developers okay. call them cutscenes I can tell you those that much the people just to give you a little taste of the cutscenes the, the little sprites for the cutscenes they used, they would call them little dudes I think they were all made up of 10 pixels per Sprite, so not very many
1: didn't we talk about lemmings. that we did lemmings that was yeah. a very limited number so i've now got images of, of lemmings, lemmings around dressed as bikers whipping each other with chains well on that note that sounds like a good point to jump into it and see if that is the reality should we uh, let's go on with it then?
0: feel like this is happening more and more with these games because I was quite pleasantly surprised by this, by Road Rash 2.
1: What So you mean the fact that we're playing games that we're actually enjoying for a change? Yeah, uh,
0: to uh, to some extent, because why? So I brought this game knowing that I'd enjoyed it quite a lot uh, as a child and a little bit nervous that I was going to come back to it and go, oh dear. That's not very good, is it? But actually, it's brilliant. It's really fun. Yeah, really, really good. Uh,
1: yeah, we, we should say straight at the top of the, this half of the episode that this is really good, and you should definitely check it out. Uh, so when we play three games, Ash and I both keep notes, and I do positives and negatives and my positives column is fit to burst my negatives column has got nothing in at all i'm sure there are mm. negatives as we talk about it in this second half but at this point i can't
0: think of anything i don't like about this game which which again it's a really nice position to be in i think i'm in the same position if you t- talked about it by modern standards there would be things that you could uh, point at like the fact that there are only five tracks might be a negative if you looked at it from a certain angle but actually i don't think it's a negative um those tracks the the way they've chosen the tracks in particular is thoughtful and considered and for a game in 1992 to offer such diverse range of tracks so let's let's revisit we we went to alaska hawaii Arizona, Tennessee, and Vermont. Yep, there are five tracks. Uh, Arizona is arid deserts. Alaska has these uh, mountain ranges in the background, snowy mountain ranges, and and quite lush green pastures. Tennessee was lush green pastures, I suppose, at the same uh, as well, wasn't it? But it was more sort of farmland. Yeah, sort of light um, green, experience. exposed to dark green. Yeah, and Hawaii had the green mountains in the background and palm trees, palm trees, and things like that, and then and then a sort of an ocean view in the background at times as well well so oh and then obviously vermont to confirm my description of it in the in the first half of the episode uh vermont had these really vibrant oranges and reds and green uh, yeah oh well it was greens wasn't it oranges and reds and yellows and Mm. and greens of the foliage of trees which is what it's known for that area of, of america isn't it having that really lush beautiful autumnal scene or fall scene there you go so, yeah, I, I thought they, they were superbly chosen and superbly realised as well. The way they are drawn, just fabulous.
1: And while there is the limit of those five tracks, the way the game is structured. So you play through the five tracks and you have to qualify in the top three for each of those five tracks. And if you don't qualify in the top three, you have to keep going through them until you get top three in all five tracks. Then you then unlock level two, which is where you play through them again, but against much more challenging races and also uh the tracks are longer so the first time round, they're averaging between five and six miles the second time around the first track which was alaska
0: alaska yeah
1: was 7.3 miles so not significantly more but longer to give you but more, more nonetheless yeah. exactly yeah
0: i think to give you longer
1: as well to go wrong that's what i was going to say yeah exactly because that's more frequently than not that is what happens isn't it
0: yeah and so we recorded last week uh an episode for that's gone in our backups folder. And that game was, uh, we commented that actually it was a game where if you go wrong, if something goes wrong, if you lose a life, then actually the the game is such that you actually feel like it was your fault. Mm -hmm. Whereas sometimes games, you die and it doesn't feel, it feels quite unfair, unreasonable. And it's the same here in so much as when you go wrong, you feel like you've done something wrong. Yeah. It's not it's not that the game's punishing you unnecessarily. Equally, when you do go wrong, I think that the penalty is actually quite reasonable and fair. Having your racer trudging to get the bite back and get back on it. Yeah. 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 It kind of urges you not to go wrong if you can help it. Because yeah. obviously you have to go through that through that rigmarole again. Interestingly, though, my controller died halfway through us playing this, which meant that I was sat in the middle of the road going nowhere, being run over by cars while I found my charger. And when I got back to the actually playing the game, it had been a minute or so, my character was in 14th out of 15 places. And when I got set off again, I caught up to 13th and then 12th and then 11th. I actually came about 5th. In the end, in that race, which suggests, in fact, it directly shows that there is a a level of uh, rubber banding in the game that is there, I guess, to level the playing field a Mm -hmm. little bit for you as a a player as well. Presumably that that rubber banding will become even more elastic as you go, as you progress through the game as well. As you progress through the levels, that rubber banding will fall away slightly Mm -hmm. and you will actually have to hold your own a little bit more. That would make sense, and yeah, it's
1: making the game more fair. One of our more recent racing games we've played is Gran Turismo, and. I commented in that about how rubber banding was not in effect and that made mm. it unfair whereas in this I felt it was fair and while we're talking about this element of the game being fair one thing we both said about while playing was how the errors that you might make for example plowing into the back of a car or not getting out the way of a car in time or going to a sign etc are all things that can happen to the other races which are being controlled by a computer absolutely oftentimes in racing games or indeed in many different genres AI that's being controlled by the computer your opponents are these super human they'd never make any errors whatsoever and sometimes that feels not fair whereas in this they they were making errors there were points at which i'd be racing down a hill and suddenly someone would go flying past me because they've fallen off their motorbike and their, their body is tumbling through the air and that was a really fun surprise when that happened and
0: i totally agree i think it was that it made it gave that element of fairness it meant that you were one of many races as opposed to one against 14 it was 15 against 15 do you know what i mean yeah you are an individual in amongst that range of people as opposed to actually vying against all 14 of them on your own at the same time i also think that that element of surprise anything could happen uh, was it how it felt at times. Mm. I, I had a moment where I was passing a car that was going in the same direction as me and there was a car coming at me so they were going to meet in the middle of the road and I was going to be in the middle of them. But what happened, what ended up happening was I managed to avoid them and three of the computer opponents ploughed into, the into these two cars and went flying ahead past these cars and I just drove through them. What a rush. The speed of the
1: game as well. The camera is so dynamic. Oh, yeah. it, it, it follows you so smoothly and effectively. I sure as we said, going down these hills or jumping off the hills and hurting around corners really quickly. The camera is so
0: intuitive
1: and it makes it so fluid to play.
0: Yeah. Now, I think that actually... An element of that is the dynamism of the camera. It just makes it makes it really exciting, yeah. I think. And part of that is that you're going up and down these hills. So the landscape undulates. Every single level has a, quite an undulating mm-hmm. up and down feel to it. And the camera seems to stay wh- wherever you are on a hill. It stays the same distance from the ground, which means that the camera is taking these hills up and down as well as you are. Yeah. which makes it feel very lively and very speedy, very nippy. I think the games that we played previously, Mario Karts, there's there's an element of speed to that, but because of the way that the camera works in that, it doesn't quite feel as fast as this. Mm-hmm. Same for Super Monaco. Super Monaco Grand Prix just doesn't have the level of speed that this has, and that's really quite strange because you are playing a Formula 1 game. So, yeah, kudos to whoever made that decision because I think a lot of the speed is is tied to the camera Work. really is another point we'll talk about the this kind of element of of how the game is
1: structured the way the map is done so you've got obviously you're racing on whatever track you're racing on but there's things happening around you like there might be a tractor parked at the side of of the track sort of half on half off or there's buildings at this point and we realize through having to replay tracks over and over that at, at the 4 mile mark for example you might see a barn at the side and that gives mm. you a physical sense of understanding where you are on the track so for example I was playing through the Alaska one and there were those nodding donkey things that drill for all I'm sure they've got a name but I don't know what it is and when I passed them I, I knew okay I'm now roughly halfway through so it really grounded it
0: I know that you were at first were a little bit you lament in the fact that. You- You didn't have a map so you could keep track of where you were using a map. We were on different pages slightly there, weren't we? Because um, I quite liked the fact you didn't have a map. What you then keyed into was the fact that there were landmarks Mm. on on the track, as you've described. And I hadn't thought about it that way. You also pointed out something, again, that I didn't know, even having played it previously, that you've got a little Milo on your heads-up display telling you how many miles you've done on that track. So those two things combined give you all the information you need to be able to pass just about how much further you've got to go and how long that's going to take and how likely you are to come in yeah. in the top three or not. I thought it was a really, really smart design there. I really did. And I like the fact that you haven't got a map. I like the fact that you are left to rely on what you would be left to rely mm. on if you were actual motorcyclists going through the countryside. Let's focus then on that element there, that the because.
1: You've made it sound like a, a group of people off for a, a lovely drive through the countryside, whereas it's actually this, this frantic melee of, of attacking. Actually, the way the game is built, Road Rash, and the reality of it, it's not quite as violent as I thought it was going to be.
0: No, it really isn't. I did say in the first half that it doesn't have the gory elements that it seems to suggest it has. Mm. Um, there's no blood and guts or anything being spilled here. Even though on the back it said about feed and bleed, you don't actually... They don't actually deliver on that. What you do have is verging maybe on cartooniness in the violence.
1: Uh, And let's just quantify that. You are still uh, driving around, as you said, picking up these coshes and chains and... and flailing them around yeah, to hit whipping people around so people's heads absolutely it, it, it is still violent but it's not quite the levels of violence that I was imagining if that well, I'm not saying myself very well it is violent but it's just not as OTT perhaps
0: yeah it doesn't feel as OTT even though the things that you're doing actually are quite violent <laughs> yes yeah. they don't feel like what they are there's a bit of a disconnect we mean that in a positive sense completely I think because we had been playing this and blood was flying around and people were being decapitated or uh wheeled off to the hospital in the back of ambulances or whatever it it wouldn't have been half as enjoyable as it was as it is this is more like i can't think of any really good examples but you know how sometimes films they would like to suggest violence as opposed to actually show mm-hmm. violence uh, and certainly tv shows they might show a man approaching with a knife and then everything happens off screen yeah. That's kind of how this feels. You know, it's it's suitably divorced from the consequences of the violence that actually it doesn't detract from the fun. Completely. Is that a good way of saying it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Going into it, I was also a bit concerned about the control system. So we, we quickly understood that C was attack and mm. we were trying to figure out how that works. And then Ashley realized that what happens as you're approaching other races as you're attacking if there's someone on your left your character will automatically punch to the left if you're approaching the opponents on the right will automatically punch to the right so you don't actually have to worry about aiming your punches or attacks with a chain or whatever Mm. because they will automatically connect and again that made it so much more fluid to play because you were just having to hammer see as you approach people and and whether they were on your left or right it didn't matter because your uh, attacks will connect with them
0: I thought there was a really smart balance between automation in the game and control for the player so taking some things off off the player's plate was, again, a really smart decision for the developers of Road Rush 2 here. If you had left... Obviously, with the sega mega drive controller for anyone that's not familiar it has a d-pad and three buttons but as standard you can get a six button controller as well but by and large the three button controller is what it shipped with and as we said
1: during king of monsters there are some games such as king of monsters that weren't even compatible with the six button controllers
0: anyway precisely yeah so i mean king of the monsters is a really good example of how giving too much control to the player is a mistake because you had too many variations on on the inputs that you could make and it was all very complicated whereas here they could have very easily made a very complicated uh, tap system but instead, they've decided to make it, to automate part of it and give you control over what was important, the driving. So
1: the three buttons mapped to brake, accelerate and attack. And the brake, I didn't need to use
0: braking at all. I was just constantly accelerating the entire time I was playing. Me too. So, yeah, which thematically I think is appropriate. Hmm. Maybe later in the game, when you enter into level two, level three, maybe the brake becomes important. We don't know. But Possibly. Certainly for me, I was quite happy not to have to touch the brake. One more thing to mention about the controls is how responsive they were. If you
1: tapped even slightly right, your character would instantly slightly go to the right. And I know that sounds like, well, yeah, of course, that's what the game should should do. We have played racing games before where you would hold down right and eventually the character you're playing as might go to the right
0: a little bit. On top of that, what I would say, I don't know if this actually does follow on. It's just something that I really want to make sure we say. This game, I think, in fact, I know you agree with me because we heard, we talked about it towards the end of playing. We both came to the same realization pretty much at the same time that actually we would be enjoying this game, even if it didn't have the attack element to it. Mm. It was a really solid, really fun. Some might argue easy racer and the racing element of it was fun enough. It, in fact, was so fun that I would happily play it just as a racing game.
1: I would count that when we got to level two, it got a lot more challenging. The the game elements, maybe not the racing elements
0: of it, which, yes, it's still pretty much the same, but... There is definitely that caveat. We don't know for sure how how difficult it is later on in the game, but certainly as a taster, as an introduction to uh, the game, or a reintroduction for me to the game, yeah, it was lovely. Really, really fun to play. I've also got the music bounce around my head. I I can't remember which track it is, but... um...
1: Yeah, that, that's going around as we're talking because the music in this game was also really, really good.
0: Just that, that cherry on top of it. It's something that I didn't mention. Uh, there's quite a lot there was quite a lot to talk about in the first half. But the person who worked on Road Rush 2 was a man called Rob Hubbard. Not L. Ron Hubbard, Rob Hubbard. And he was at the time, he was known for working on John Madden football. I think that was the first in the franchise actually for the Madden series. And he did the music for that the year before this came out, I think it was. Right. He'd made a bit of a name for himself there. He obviously he also worked on lots and lots of other games. He'd been he'd been involved in the industry for several years, even before he did the John Madden soundtrack. And he had a very good reputation, but he really made it with John Madden, as I understand it. Significant to us, he also worked on the Populous soundtrack, which I didn't know until okay. I did the research for for this. So yeah, interesting mm. and quite prolific. And I totally agree as well the music was fantastic every single level just as the just as each level had its own visual style it also had its own audio style and each one was distinct and unique and great
1: really good fun the best one being the honky tonk music on the Tennessee level really simple
0: little riff but really good yeah is that what you call it honky tonk yeah it's that that sort of swing that is like i think that's called ragtime uh, but possibly. i can't remember for definite and it's it's like the underpinning of uh, a lot of blues music I, I i think those two
1: are synonymous but equally i'm prepared to accept that they are completely different styles of music and that maybe that's like saying that
0: pop and rock are the same i don't know i'm in the same boat as you All I will say. So there are two things to say. I know there was a wrestler called the Honky Tonk Man, and he was like a a knockoff Elvis Presley who ran around in spandex and (laughs) uh, and wrestled people. But also, Honky Tonk, for some reason, sounds like it could be used as a slur, whereas (laughs) Ragtime doesn't. So I'll stick with Ragtime. I think this is
1: based on... I had a a keyboard when I was probably about the same age as when I was seeing these adverts for Roe 2 back in the early Mm. 90s, and I, I... vaguely remember there being the preset music and one was honky-tonk and one was ragtime and that they were quite similar so it's based on whatever the the programming was in that keyboard which again may or may not be quite accurate
0: yeah to be honest my uh, as I say my knowledge of of that kind of music uh, my knowledge of music is such that um, I'm dredging ragtime out of a very dark pit (laughs) of of information so just it seems like just as you are maybe so uh yeah we're we're both prepared to to be wrong on those points i think is what we're getting at but the bottom line is the music is really good regardless of what genre it is it's really yeah, good. It's brilliant really good really good <laughs> Cutscenes, actual genuine cutscenes, weren't they they had a nice sense of humor about them oh which i appreciated did you you did fail some of the races didn't you, you came in anything lower than fourth yeah a few times uh, and the cutscene for that was that you rode onto the screen from right and your car, you, your motorbike just fell apart as yeah. you were driving, which I thought was really funny. Then there was one when you get busted. So when you get arrested, two ladies ride up in a car, distract the police officer uh, whilst you try and ride away, but you end up falling on your, on your backside off the back of your bike anyway. They were two really funny ones. There were so many of them as well. Like it, it feels like we were watching a new cutscene for every different Scenario, every different moment or event. I really like the simplicity of
1: it. How, when you finished, regardless of where you came, there was a crowd of people I'll well, say, crowd about five or six people who were still watching you, including one old man with a stick. I'm not really sure he's the kind of uh, audience that would watch this, but you know, that's, that's I didn't notice him. Yeah, I think I, I, again, why I think,
0: wouldn't an old man with a stick
1: be interested in illegal street racing? All right, maybe I'm just doing a, a sweeping generalization there. Yeah. You sound offended yeah. on behalf of old men with Sticks everywhere. Yeah, you're were, you're were a nonophobe. ageist. Yeah. All right. A- apologies to any not old, impressed. Apologies to any old people with sticks that are listening. So this crowd, crowd, five six people, whatever, who are, are still watching you finish the race. And as you said about one of the other cutscenes, you ride in from the right, and their heads are, are watching you. And as you ride past, them, their heads turn to watch you go past. Which I know it sounds like a really simple thing, but it, it just it was nice. It
0: it was good. That the whole every cut scene that i watched was well realized they clearly had a a good sense of what they wanted to achieve and they had the chops the the programming and design and artistry to realize mm. what they wanted to achieve as well and i said 10 pixels i think there was a little bit more than 10 pixels per character but they were still working with a limited palette shall we say and they just did magic with it it was brilliant really well done
1: the design and size Made me think of Monkey Island Two, where they took what had been do- done in the first Monkey Island and um, made them look a bit more realistic and just a bit more detailed. So that's if you're familiar with the second Monkey Island game, if you imagine the characters in that, that's what they looked like. I thought in this,
0: the most graphically impressive thing that I saw in the whole game was after each race attempt, you had a, a bit of smack talk delivered to you by <laughs> by a fellow oppo- a fellow racer, and each racer was represented by an actual picture. It mm. was it was it was photographic. It was honestly just amazing the way that looked. I thought it was phenomenal. I know that people the 3DO version of Road Rash had a really lovely caricature sort of style and did a really good job with that and everybody talks about that. What I didn't realize is that Road Rash had its own sense of style and that there was a level of realism to its style that uh, that was was so impressive. Although the trash talk the characters said was Nonsensical, at least to us playing it. I didn't understand some of it, yeah. I didn't actually know w- some of the words that people were saying, so I don't know what it all meant. But they were saying it whilst looking very impressive. I think it was generally just, yeah, I'm better than you, crack on. Oh, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Presumably.
1: A lot of the time they were better than me, so they were right to smack talk me. Last thing then in our uh, second half of just marvelling how great this game is, is the two player mode which managed to boil down the essence of the gameplay. So this hood at the bottom of the screen, which was... There was was no
0: boiling down. That's what was so surprising about it.
1: In the main game, it's presented as if... It's like a a dashboard on a car. And in the two-player mode, it then takes those elements and presents it as text to either left or right of where you're playing. But the fact it's there is fantastic. And then the fluidity of the scale that we keep talking about, the camera, the way the landscape moves around you, whatever. They then managed to create that in two-player, having two people playing it simultaneously and still be like that.
0: Yeah, the two-player, the only thing that you lose is the rear view mirrors off, off either side of your bike everything else all the all, all the rest of the information is there all of the visual detail is there the reason that was possible so road Rush, the first road Rush did have a two-player mode but the it didn't have simultaneous two-player you had to take it in turns right so it was like it was like a game of horse if you're familiar with that concept where you sort of trying to you vie against each other you take it in turns this is the first simultaneous two-player road Rush game and they were able to do that because they upped the cartridge from being a five megabit cartridge to being an eight megabit cartridge and that extra leeway gave them the power to to introduce the level of visual detail but also to introduce two player a fully fledged two player experience okay and it's a real shame to be honest i i told you I can't remember if I said it in the first half but obviously the events of the last year COVID and lockdowns and whatnot has meant that we have have shifted to doing things at a distance and I've been saving Road Rash until we can get back together and and sort of play it together so it's a real shame really that I've sort of relented on that and played it today in a way because we haven't been able to experience that two-player aspect
1: here's an idea when we get together we could just play it anyway
0: I know yeah I think we might that? have to do that I, I, yeah, I think we should because yeah, yeah i i totally agree for anyone that so you chris asked me in the first half it may well have been cut but you asked me about how many games were in the franchise there was road rash one road rash two road rash three then there were ports of road rash to the 3do to the sega saturn to the playstation there was a road rash 64 for the nintendo 64 and there was road rash jailbreak in 2000 so that was a post gta and the naming uh, sort of sounds like they're li- really leaning into mm. their gta-esque aspects and what console
1: was that for uh, that jailbreak yeah well I'm, I'm not asking about road rash 64 i was pretty
0: self-explanatory <laughs> Nope. yep yep um jailbreak was playstation finally in 2009 they had road rash for java so that was a web-based version of the game
1: what an official fully licensed one yeah
0: wow yep that was free to play i'm yep. assuming Y- that's a good question. I would imagine. I don't know. Is the truth? I don't know. I didn't look that so, up.
1: Presu- presumably, reading between the lines from that, then Road Rush Jailbreak was the last one in two thousand, and for nothing to come out, and then for it to be a, a I would assume free, uh, for it to be a Java web-based game in two thousand and nine. I'm guessing Jailbreak. Wasn't particularly well received, slash wasn't particularly good.
0: Yeah, and actually, from Road Rush 3 onwards, you kind of had a bit of a problem with Fall Off. And one of the reasons for that so, the 3DO version is well regarded, it had its own soundtrack, as I said, and it had its own visual art style. It was, it, it used digital sprites, so they, it was sort of mortal, if you think Mortal Kombat, the way that they captured. Uh, images of, of real human beings and brought them into the game. That's the same thing that the 3DO did. Road Rash 3 then tried to do that on the Mega Drive with a lot less horsepower in in the console, and it led to a deeply disappointing visual style. Uh, actually, a step back from where we were with Road Rash 2. And I think the franchise, franchise never really recovered from that. It It kind of held on with the port of the 3DO version to PlayStation. I'm not sure what happened with jailbreak unfortunately because by then I couldn't have even told you that Road Rash had existed in mm. 2000 to be honest. Um I was over it by then. Um there is though a spiritual successor. So this game is a, this franchise is popular. Like people I I was quite surprised you hadn't played it being a Mega Drive kid because as far as I knew everybody who played Road Rash if they had a Mega Drive, I thought it was that kind of game. Yeah, too violent. All oh, right, okay, fair enough. There was a spiritual sex- successor off the back of that released in 2017 called Road Redemption. All right. Do you remember that there was actually no. a bit a big Ferrari about it well not a Ferrari, uh, but there was a lot of excitement about Road Redemption uh, coming out at the time because it, it had been so long since we'd had a road rush entry
1: and is this one of those games like ukulele for example where it's been done by people who were involved in the original game or, or is it something that was completely new was it a deliberate attempt to be like it or was it something that just happened to be like it? I'm guessing it was deliberate because of the, the nomenclature ne- the behind the double R.
0: Yeah, so it was fans, basically. There was a guy called oh, okay. Ian Fish um, and he was a fan of Road Rash. I think he was calling for EA to sort of revive the Road Rash series and then because they seemed to not be interested in doing it, he decided to do it himself but obviously couldn't call it Road Rash so yeah. it ended up being Road Redemption. From what I understand, it's had a reasonably... Positive response. So, um, if you are interested in Road Rash, Road Redemption might be a place to go for you. And what's that available on? Oh, it, it's available everywhere, actually. It's available on the Wii U for one. Great. Uh, it's available on PlayStation 4, Xbox One. It's even available on the Nintendo Switch, and it's available on Steam. I would imagine if you're looking to get a deal, Steam would be the place to go for it if you have that available. I'm just this now typing in to is there any deal road redemption to see what price it is right now for you at the moment it is 14 pound six but it has been as cheap as four pounds 49 in the past through the humble store right so yeah you could add it to a wish list and maybe pick it up as a curio but i would i would seriously recommend that if you if you are interested in road Rush, find road Rush too somewhere plenty of copies on ebay i don't imagine it's that expensive great there we go. Thank you for bringing that, Ashley, because that was genuinely brilliant. Uh, I think that's
1: the most we've gushed about a game for a long time.
0: Yeah, it felt it really did feel like a long time, and I genuinely wasn't expecting necessarily to be having this conversation. I I thought it might be a bit of a disappointment. Uh, if anyone knows how I can get in with a street gang, because I'm now interested
1: to join one, I- I'll I need to get some leathers and some chains, etc. I might uh, have a look in the yellow pages. But if you know how I can get involved with with the scene, uh, come
0: let us know on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I'm all these our local biker gang for your information is the warlocks maybe try and get their phone number or something i'll see if i can find it for you <laughs> yeah, that's news to me i did not know about that did you did you not <laughs> no. okay they're actually a global gang so um they have chapters in countries all around the world oh wow well. but we do have them here maybe i'll be the newest member
1: based on the strength of this
0: yeah uh, thank you ever so much for listening again we very much appreciate you all hopefully we'll see you again next week thank you very much bye